Hi, I'm Brant, and I love Hallmark movies. Hey, I'm Panda, and I like Hallmark movies. I'm Dan, and I despise Hallmark movies. And I'm Brennan, and I'm sometimes in Hallmark movies. And this is the Deck the Hallmark Podcast. Oh, man. It's good. We it did it. Good. So fun. Man. What a, what a good week. Can we say that? Why? Man. Well, I can give you uh, many reasons. One, the pumpkin spice is out. Yes. PSL, out. baby. I know about that. Um, and we, we got to watch a movie with Brendan Elliott. Yes. And yep. then we have the Brendan Elliott. No, no. we didn't watch a today. movie with him. No, we didn't all go to the theater and watch it let's together. Go. Brennan, are we going to do your free and in South Carolina? Come on. Let's go back to the uh, pumpkin spice. That's probably the most important thing of the three things. I mean, <laughs> that really is revolutionary right there. Mm. You like it? Do you like it? Do you like a good pumpkin spice latte, Brennan? Of course. Once in a while, you got to have a pumpkin spice latte. Once in a while. It's it's the first thing that hits you in the face and goes, Welcome to fall. Welcome to fall. (laughs) And you're in California where it's still going to be 78 degrees. It doesn't matter. We we have one season sun. (laughs) sun. Uh, Brennan, thanks for uh, joining us once again. You joined us earlier this year to talk about Crossword, and you joined us today to talk about All Summer Long, which we literally just got done watching a, a couple hours ago. Oh, and uh, wow. make, hey, big fun. The good news is two of these guys love the movie. Oh, good. Like well, you still got your sea legs under you. That's, that's right. Yep. Yeah, sure did. Now, Brennan, you told us before we started recording, uh, you did back to back crosswords and you did all summer long. So 15 day shoots for all of them. That's 45 days. So you're just talk about getting your sea legs under. You're just now getting back home and like finding out there's a world around you outside of making these movies. Yeah, I'm still I'm still a little rubbery. No question. What's, what's it Walking like? Walking around, kind of going. <laughs> I, have, I have kids. So yeah. <laughs> what's Man. that? What's that like going from movie to movie to movie? That's not the the norm to do. Was that three? Well, I, I mean, I I have a I you know usually you don't have that, but I think you know obviously the beginning of the year was well, there was a lot of things swirling around the network that had to be dealt with and stuff that are my concern. I mean, obviously not negative, positive. There's a lot of Christmas movies to cast. There was obviously, um, you know, there's other things that were happening. Uh-huh. And I think that, um, you know, like when you're, a, when you're a, a, a burgeoning network and you've got so much going on and so much content, you can kind of get, I think, overwhelmed with how much it's got to get cast at times. And, and um, we kind of were supposed to get started in January. We didn't get started till June. So I got to do, I got to do, you know, a bunch of movies till the end of the year, which is fine. Keeps you busy. And then we did uh, all summer long. I was at my cabin and I, Beth Grossbeard, who is uh, another executive producer on the film, called me up and said, "We got a quick turnaround. We're in development. We're shooting next week. Do you want to do this homework? <laughs> you want to do this oh. movie on the boat?" <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I, "I don't know what I was doing at the time, um, but I was sitting there going, next week, okay, all right, let's go. That let me see the script. And I got the script, and I was like, all right, let's go. And I never, I didn't realize I'd never been on a boat before, like ever. Wow! wow. In your I mean, life, I've been on a boat, like I've been on a yacht, like a like a yacht stationary or like." I was on a um, a ferry once, twice, you know, but I'd never been on like one of these like cruising, you know, yachts. That's and it's an actual functioning yacht for cruises and weddings and dinners wow. and all that. Stuff. Wow, was that yeah. different? Did that provide like some challenges for you overall? What did you get a little seasick out there? Well, I got dehydrated one day um, mm. so bad I had to go to the hospital and get IVs. Oh my god! <laughs> you know, maybe yeah, puts- kind of. It kind of freaked out everybody. I was I was the third day shooting or second day, no, third day shooting, and I was. You know, we're all working hard, the crew, the cast, everybody, and I, I kind of, I didn't feel bad. I mean, it was hot, but it didn't feel, but I was in the kitchen on the, on the boat, and I guess the steam, it was even hotter than normal. 
And one of the guys that on the crew um, comes over to me and he goes, uh, you know, looking so good, kid. You all right? I go, no, I'm good. I just kind of feeling like kind of weak. But thought nothing of it. Finished the day. And these days are 17-hour days. And then I went home. And I felt I just felt wiped out. And I remember getting up at 3 in the morning and the room was going. <laughs> and I went, okay, in three hours I'm getting picked up. I'm not going to be making it today. <laughs> Maybe uh, maybe put some water in those wine glasses, Brendan. Well, Good gracious, yeah. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should do water over wine. No. Um, um, yeah, you should drink a lot of water, and I, I don't drink enough water anyway. But. So did they put? Did they push it back? So was it a 16-day shoot? Did they, or did they work around no, you? No, it was 15. No, these shoots, I mean, you know, you have to move on. So they basically shot around my close-ups and some of the stuff. The scenes that I had that day, luckily, were not um, – there was a lot of other castmates, so they could, you know, beat around. So they pulled up some scenes, and and then I came the next day, and my whole morning was getting all of my coverage for all those scenes. We shot that, and then and then we were back on. And I'm I'm, you know, you know, like to think of myself as fairly prepared, so I'm being pretty quick, so I could bang through these really quickly. And then we caught up by lunch, and we were all fine. Oh wow! I hear you. Somebody, awesome. I mean, you're a big deal, man. You should be able to put Gatorade in your rider for crying out That's loud. Right. I mean, let's get this guy some ga- <laughs> some G two. Yeah, something. I mean, <laughs> Brandon, we're gonna re- we're gonna rewrite your rider yeah, for you. You let <laughs> us take care. You're of welcome. Okay. Hey, let me ask you this. So, would you? I mean, you did three movies in like two months. Would you rather, if you knew you had to do three movies in a year, would you rather just bang them all out like that, or would you rather spread them out a little bit? Well, I think just for the sake of being able to spend time with the material and, and having a little bit of recharge in between. And I mean, my wife, I think she might even be happy when I'm not home. So she's fine <laughs> with me out working. She's fine with me out working. I mean, I don't really, you know, actually it was, it was tough. I'm not going to lie. It was really, I mean, I just had dinner last night with the, with the, with the Chabert herself, Lacey and her husband. And, and she's did two in a row. She did three, but her first one was like a month and a half before we started. I think the two crosswords. Cause I went all summer long, two crosswords, all, three in a row and then she did a christmas movie i think in february or maybe march i can't remember and then had a little bit of time off i'm not exactly sure yeah but she's wasted too she's exhausted and you know i mean i think it's just a matter of you know you care and you want to deliver the best product you can with the time frame you have and also keep it on brand and on yeah. point and and you know when you have a week and that's i'm not just talking for an actor to prep i mean crew you got pre-production you got to take network notes we got to redevelop which we can get into obviously you know that as well, and, and so there's a lot of things that go in when you're also not only acting but executive producing these things too. You're involved. Yeah. You try to, you know, at least I try to be involved in as much as as I can. Um, all summer long, I was probably a little more or less involved in that because the turnaround was so quick than the crosswords, but and they all in my hearts, but still the same was involved, and and they were very very uh, open to all of us collaborating on on the script and working with the network, and and it was it was really it was a fun time, but it. When you have that and you, you fly right to the East Coast, you shoot another one, which is completely different, and then you have a few days off and shoot another one, you get uh, – at least the way I work, I like to kind of just really – I don't know, not not become the character, but at least try to find some semblance of truth and honesty where you feel like it's really me, and that takes a little extra time. Well, we said – you have a question, Pan, I know, but we said, like we talked – we all watched this movie together, and you know, uh, one of my complaints about Hallmark movies is that when you – all of these people are super nice that work there, but people are almost paid to be the same in every movie a lot of times. And the thing that I love about you, even though like these movies aren't my thing, they just aren't like, it is clear that you have no desire to do that. Like you're car- no. like your <clears throat> you, music teacher in Christmas melody. You're this, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, the, you're, you're this square jawed detective 
And then now you're a guy who's just laid back, uh, you know, shoot the breeze, almost like a very different than normal Hallmark. Like it was a different Hallmark yeah. leading male this time. And so I just, from a guy that doesn't like these movies, but has to watch them anyway. Thanks for putting the time in to make every character at least different. So oh, it's, it's, that, it's, that means a lot. Well, that means a lot. it's clear that you're putting in the work. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, you know, it's yeah. clear that these movies may be made in 15 days, but you've put in the time to go, look, a music teacher would act different than a chef would act different than a detective instead of just coming in and reading. Well, you guys are where, where about you guys located exactly? South where Carolina. South Carolina. I mean, I've been to Hilton Head. I've yeah. been to some mm. of the Carolinas. I mean, there's a different look. I mean, I, I started off off Broadway and went to the studio. And I mean, I, you know, every care. There's no small actors, only small roles, but every character is its own human being. And if I was to play one of you guys, there's a certain level of of energy in the towns and the people are brought up differently. They they see life. I mean, there's, it's a different world. And you got to kind of find like the New York one. It's a little more fa- like crossword. It's got a fast pace about it. It's the way they talk. I mean, there's. That character obviously is driven with justice. I mean, if it, it's not that I don't have any interest of just not playing, I'll just walk in and say these lines, hit my mark, and be Brennan every second. I mean, I'm Brennan in every movie anyway. It's just a different part. I mean, one of the, the things about the chef role that I found really interesting is that when I was I went and worked with Adam Sobel, he um, runs like 45 restaurants across the world. He's a oh. big Michelin star guy, and he had me there from noon to two in the morning just watching how the kitchen works, watching how it relates to food. And he, you, and I've never ever done it before with a chef. And I, I couldn't believe the passion they have for uh, food and how it touches people and makes you feel good. He kept talking about, you know, eating is good for you. It makes you feel good, but you got to have the right ingredients. And I just kind of sat there like, dude, this is intense, man. Like, <laughs> you know, he was talking about, we work 20 hours a day. We're always tired. We can't have a social life. Any plate that has a mistake, it's on my, you know, it's me yeah. and, and and you eat everything. You try every food. There's no time to go to the gym and be. So there's a real um, exhaustive. I didn't realize, especially Michelin star chefs that run their own restaurants. And so I just kind of thought, wow, this is a lot more than I thought. But it was a great insight into the lifestyle. And I thought that would be something I would be able to take away from, which is the reason why Jake wants to get out of that lifestyle. You know, so mm. make it make it real as a passion line, or at least honest, where people that might not be avid Hallmark fans can get swept away with a movie because the performance is real enough that you go, wow. That was Brennan. I didn't mm. even realize it or whatever, you know. Love it. Yeah. yeah. So walk me through. You're you're also an executive producer. When you're just an actor, you show up on the, you know the shoot 15 days, you knock it out. But with the executive producer kind of thing, there's a lot more both probably before and after the movie that goes into this. So what does that look like for you? Well, I, I enjoy it. I mean, I this is my sixth the last two crosses, probably sixth or seventh movie in a row where I was starring in and executive producing. And I, I remember I told the network years ago, I just, I just felt like I wanted, I, I saw things that I could give some insight in, whether it's creatively or whether it's with the script or um, even sometimes I like, I'll, I'll even, cause I've done so many of these. I understand even the way maybe a director shooting a scene, I kind of go, you know, that's not really going to work. We, mm. we, we mean, we, you know, they're going to want to have a close up here or whatever, but I'm mostly story cast, um, and also from the creative perspective on just making sure the set, I always take, and Lacey and I are very similar in taking pride that our, our movies, whether we're starring in our executive producing or what have you, we want it to be a fun environment. You know, we want the crew, you know, we're not curing cancer here. We're making an entertainment. And if mm-hmm. we're not entertained, how are we going to entertain people that want to be entertained? So we want our crews to have fun and we want the movie to feel like it's an experience by itself where, you know, like we were just finishing one of the crosswords and we had to turn over the crew because it's so busy out there. And one of the guys came up to us at the very end, gave us a big hug. And he says, you guys are amazing. Like working with you guys is so much fun. It doesn't feel like work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, it seems maybe a little cliche, but it was like, it meant a lot to Lacey and I that 
people want to work with us, <laughs> you know, because yeah. it's not just a job. I mean, these guys work probably 30 shows a year. So, I mean, they could easily just get kind of hard and go, ah, another Hallmark movie or another Netflix movie or another this movie or another feature. They look at it like it's just another job. But when they work with certain people and they say, you know, thank you, that was a lot of fun. And sure. I enjoyed watching you guys' work and just you're such professionals, you know. So it's what surprising. Do you, th- you think everybody's like that, but it was really, really, that was the one takeaway when, wow, these people really appreciate what we try to do for all of us as a team, you know? So what do you do to try to keep things fun for your crew? Like, what are some of the things that you really try to do to, you know, make it fun? Well, I also, I mean, I'm pretty, I, I like to make sure everything's running the way it should, I mean, you know, the way it should. I mean, when mm-hmm. you come to set in the morning, you know, obviously c- catering's got to be there, breakfast for the crew, you know, happy crew, happy you, I always feel, and one of my old mentors who was a major producer, worked for MGM, was a big, big studio guy, had passed away. He was the exec on the very first All in My Heart. And he became a very good kind of father figure-esque friend and taught me a lot about what network needs are and notes and dealing with crews and the Yahtzee and the tax incentives and all these different elements that go into that are behind the camera. And it was interesting to me, but my I cared more about just making sure within those confines you create entertaining entertainment that the fans enjoy, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, from a from a story perspective, you you mentioned that you kind of can give insight to that with your your with your EP mm-hmm. role. Uh, was there anything in this movie uh, all summer long that kind of sticks? I don't know. You said it's a little bit of a different one because you had to yeah. come in and leave. But was there anything story wise that uh, we might have noticed that you were like, yeah, actually we we changed that or or I gave insight into that? Well, there's a lot of. I mean, I mean, for example, I mean, I got, I just I did an interview yesterday or not yesterday Friday with somebody who was really talking about music as a real thematic character in every movie, and I believe that in art music is very important um i like to kind of not have so much music at times i like it to kind of breathe a little bit sure. let the audience kind of but the music can be a really emotional thing like for example in all of my heart the wedding that whole last sequence with the music from train that was me and beth grossberg fighting to get that we, we talked to their lawyer i mean we wanted that wedding song and the only reason why that's was because song. when i got married that was my wedding song oh I that's awesome that that's cool. cool so that would be emotionally it would really add a, lo- a level of reality to the scene and and that's the great thing about hallmark i mean you don't have a lot of time you get a script you'll have maybe a week but what can you do in that week to create something honest that, that, that mm. like fans like yourself that might not be huge Hallmark watchers that go, yeah, I don't get this, can walk away and go, okay, now that was one that I liked, sort of, <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. You know? so, and, and um, so you, you know, like for story points on this one, I mean, I really wanted them to, I really, every time we would kind of talk about the story, it was very important to me specifically, is that I wanted everybody to understand the idea of accepting yourself and, and accepting yourself physically, emotionally, whatever career you want to do. There's a real subtextual theme in this where, you know, Tia specifically, and even Jake, I mean, everybody's trying to find something to bring them happiness, whether it's through food, wine, boating, being free, finding your career, whatever, love, second chances. And I think everybody deserves that chance to, okay, well, you know, in order to have that, you got to go into your heart and find out what you really want to do. And and I think that that... that idea of accepting yourself as a, as a thematic echo in the movie that I think we're hoping the audience got obviously second chances at love and being free and to make your own decisions in your career and to have balance in life and all those things that I think are important. And ironically enough, a lot of the audience, and they're subtle. I'm not banging you over the head with it, but they're subtle and the audience got it. And they were like, wow, that reminds me of this or, and, and that's, you know, that's what you're doing it for. Yeah. So, so you said you had the train song and all of my heart, you have a train song in this movie. Um, and that wasn't my idea. That it, was Beth, which it, actually worked. It was brought to our attention and we argued about it on the podcast that you in the right light look a little like the lead singer of train. Oh, I'll take it any day. Um, <laughs> has anybody ever told you that? 
I got, you know, depending on the, you know, people always say, depending on the role you change, I change physically. I mean, I just try to like, like even with Christmas at Grand Valley, I just, I got a little bit of a, my, um, wife clean mocked, cut. My, yeah. she mocked my hair as, as many people did, but there was this real, doing my hair like that made me feel very in a box and made mm-hmm. me organically feel like everything had to be set in stone or I was going to crumble. He was very, very, everything's got to be perfect. And so people don't realize these are decisions you try to make that based on the material, but the train song, I did it, but I got, um, the lead singer, uh, Jacob Dylan for a long time yep. from the wallflowers when I had really wild and crazy hair. Um, I have gotten Patrick, the lead singer that, I mean, Hey, not going to complain. And then I got <laughs> Richard Grieco when he was younger. Okay. Okay. Um, so yeah. I mean, hey, look, these are all handsome dudes. I'm not are you the lead singer I mean, of Train, though? Because <laughs> <laughs> we haven't confirmed, and you know, no, you've not said you're not. not and, yeah, and it would make so, sense. You, you know, Train music and in your movies. To be so maybe, fair, I don't know his name. I just call him Train. I just call him so Train. Yeah. Train. <laughs> hey, the Train's leaving, and I'm on it. That's right. Care. Yeah, that's right. I said you. Well, I said you look like a buffed up Jimmy Fallon in some scenes because your hair was longer, and it just. Uh, and it just seemed like, would you rather play or do you care? Like, it just seemed like you were having a blast being a guy who was just a little bit more like not clean cut, just very much yeah, like, I, mean, I, I don't have to shave. I don't, you know, I'm just kind of here and like, I'm a chef. And so I'm most of my time spent on the food. And so I don't really yeah. worry about like, you know, all this other stuff. Did you well, like that? I wanted him, you know, a big risk for me. And I remember telling Lisa that and she goes, yeah, but that's why it's so good is that I basically took the risk that this is a character and he was even in the script. He has no level of vanity. Yeah. The thing that's vain for him is 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 you guys trying a dish he prepared and being happy. That's his vanity. Yep. Mm. His ego is his ego is in servitude and his ego is in the food. I mean, that's where I feel like in a lot of those scenes, even when I'm smelling a, a melon or I'm talking to her about the onion or whatever, there's a real passion for it and a playfulness about it because that's what's important to him. Not, you know, he's not getting up in the morning and like you know counting calories and wondering if he shredded every second and like how, do, how does my hair look and you know he's in the kitchen 20 <laughs> hours a day serving and making people feel good based on I what he served yeah, yeah I, I, bought, I bought yeah, that that's impressive well because you like your ego is based fully on your good looks and so <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> it's let me put good. it this way yeah I mean I, I, the reason I like train is I need a train to hold my ego that's so, right. yeah, that's yeah. Right. Gotta, um, he's the conductor we, on the Brennan ego yeah. train um, we, we argued about this uh, this specific scene the, the one with the meteor shower you're out on the boat um, yeah. you remember yeah. the one? it's the kiss scene yeah, yeah. yeah. The kiss scene. did you guys film that indoors no out, oh. on, the, out on the water you were on the water out on the water wow uh, she's driving that boat at night we're in the boat there's no All stunts right. I was she wrong was I was it, wrong. What, you guys were right. Was this whole movie, I will say this. Huh? Was this whole movie basically filmed outside or on the boat? Yes. The wow. rest of it looked like it. That's yeah. the one scene I thought was done indoors. Well, I, do, I will screen. agree with you. I mean, I think the CGI for our our uh, evening of star <laughs> starlit nights was um, um, you know was was tough to make look like reality. I mean, we had the reality footage, and it just didn't line up. It didn't light up, so we needed something to light it up more. And and you know you you know. You do the best you can. I mean, it didn't bother me, but that was one where I went, wow. And my wife even asked, she goes, is that CGI? I go, no. So I don't know really in post exactly. I was I was shooting crosswords, so I wasn't privy to a lot of the post stuff, but I think Beth had mentioned to me that it just didn't pop the natural light. It just didn't really kind yeah. of, and we wanted it to kind of, you know, in the Hallmark yeah. world, it's fantasy, right? So how do we do that and keep it, keep yeah. some semblance yeah. of honesty and truth? Hey, um, the fact that you guys filmed it in the boat at night out on the water is like, I'm very impressed. For what it's worth, we I could tell the at, entire we time. At, uh, we did that around 
three in the morning. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, God bless yeah, they, you guys. That's the best moonlight time. They always say that. Yeah, yeah. 3 a.m. moonlight. Um, yeah. We, we have a few questions about uh, specific things that you could probably give insight to. Uh, my, my biggest one was the Inside Out Grilled Cheese. Yeah. Uh, what, I, I figured that one's coming. Yeah. So what, it, what, what is it? <laughs> um, is it lunchtime there? Or, uh, oh, we no. just yeah, ate. We just, just finished ate. eating. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's basically you take two sourdough or basically it's gotta be white bread for me, but basically white bread, you obviously have, you know, cheese in the middle, like block cheese or whatever cheese you like. And then you sprinkle, you butter the top like normal, Mm -hmm. but then you sprinkle on top of it, sprinkled cheese, like, um, you know, cheddar cheese that's, that's shaved up. Right. And it makes a nice, and then you flip it over in an oily pan. It makes a nice crust, almost like one of those Parmesan little pieces of, um, chips, like Parmesan Mm -hmm. chips on top. Mm -hmm. And then. You have cheese on the inside and cheese on the outside. I love it. Yeah, and it's ridiculous, dude. Like it, it sounds it really good. It looks it's uh, I call it. That's one. That's one of those things I call nap food. Yeah, <laughs> that is nap it's food. It's a coma waiting to happen. Yep. So yeah. I, I want to see if I'm right about this. Um, we I loved like I legit laughed. There's a scene with you, Uncle Roland, Aunt Julie, and Tia at a table, and you all got some good news, and you high five, and then you decide the to go. The cruise is full. The cruise is full. The cruise oh, is yeah. full, yeah. and you decide to go across the table up top. And give everybody a five. At the everybody table. around the table, and got it a just high struck five. me as like a big Lebowski type of move. And I just <laughs> was that a was that an ad lib on your part? Did you just decide? Yes, it was. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. I love it. All right, across the table. That's right. Up top, yeah. That was my yeah. homage to the big Lebowski for uh, sure. And uh, I actually I never planned that, but I remember when I did it, I went. Oh, this is going to get cut. <laughs> well, what's great is you, 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 you gave two high fives and you paused for a second and then you were like, you know what? Across I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go for it. I'm so glad you guys noticed that because on the day, I don't think Tia or I mean, I don't think Autumn or anybody got, I think just looked at me like, what is he doing? Well, <laughs> in the, in the scene, you can tell they're all trying to keep up with you. You know yeah. what I mean? They're all like, oh, we're, He's we're still fine. High fives for everybody. <laughs> I loved it. I got the, I saw, and it was a move that he would do like that character would do that he'd be oh, like totally oh no everybody you get a five i'm getting a five we're all getting fives like mm, I thought yeah. that was fantastic. that's yeah. so good yeah no doubt oh man hey how many no times doubt. uh on the set did you call autumn lacy uh <laughs> i did not call her lacy consciously um but it, 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 the funny thing is lacy's character in crossword is is tess uh, right yeah and, and that's Tia. Autumn's is Tia. And oh there were my a couple goodness. moments where I went, Tess, because I, I know oh. what I'm getting into down the road. Yeah. But I had, an, I had an assistant. This is a true story. I had an assistant working with me um, in uh, on Crossword up there for the two movies. And I remember I'd always call her Tess, like consistently. And her name is Steph. So they're like, Tess, Steph, yeah. whatever your name is. Yeah, get, get over in here. here. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. But uh, – no, I mean, you know, I've been lucky enough to work with, you know, some great ladies in the network. So I, they're all very, very different. As Is this I'm your sure first time working with Autumn Reeser? First time. I've yeah. heard great she's things. Great. Um, she's wonderful. Know, we love her. Yeah, she's she's such a sweet, grounded, you know, very, very kind of um, got perspective on life, very spiritual person, and, and just really, really a sweet lady that that I had a lot of fun working with. And, and I've been really, really lucky to get to get uh, some real uh, leading ladies that are really, uh, and she was really, you know, committed and really wanted, you know, she would always want to do the boat stunts herself and she was really into it. And so awesome. It was great to work with her. Yeah. Love that. Um, I, I have two uh, theories that I just (laughs) want to throw at you and you can tell me, nope, not possible. Or yeah, maybe, maybe that's possible. So 
Um, Anything's you, possible. You know, okay. you know, you know, Bennett. Um, I have a theory about Bennett, and it's this: yeah. I think that Bennett is actually behind the engine failure. I believe. <laughs> I believe that Bennett... Bennett made Lucas look Bennett, bad. Bennett actually went in, and it wasn't the bolts at all. Bennett went in there, and he maybe he threw an inside-out grilled cheese in the engine. Maybe he did something <laughs> crazy. Because Bennett desires to start his own company, and he just kind of wants this one to, to, to crumble. What do you think? I think that there's... I don't know what draft we were on, because I think we rushed so quickly to get it done, but there was an earlier draft where I think it was insinuated that maybe he had been a part of this. Yes! yes. It's a, it's a um, better and then I movie. think it was taken out at a later at a later draft. Mm. I think it made him look too... Yeah. We wanted the audience to obviously find him. Obviously, he's the, the guy you he's don't want to be with, and he's the kind of, you know, the stereo-archetype guy that you're kind of like, ah, oh, you're leery of. But we also wanted him to be so likable enough that you could believe that maybe she might go with him. Yeah. So, if he if he was if it was insinuated that he was the one who did that, there's really no competition for Jake whatsoever. Really, what, so, uh, I mean that wasn't an earlier draft, I think. Yeah, what's, I would have liked. That. What's weird is that, like you said, this Jake's character doesn't have any vanity, whereas the Bennett character is the more traditional, like screaming lead, vanity, leading oh, man, yeah. vanity, yeah. obnoxious. Guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah. those two things. Probably were done for that. And I don't think it, it doesn't make personally. I think him being the guy, the bad guy who's straight up bad is better. Like he's so, yeah. he's such an egotistical guy to give up that easily yeah. just because your buddy likes to grow up. I don't know. Uh, my second thing, and you can, and yeah. you can say no way. So there's a scene in the kitchen um, where you um, say, Hey, Ryan, what's the deal with the mushrooms? Yes. And Ryan doesn't answer. He doesn't say. And I say to him, keep his eye on the mushroom. Yeah. Get on it. Get on it or something. You get say, on. get on him. And he doesn't respond at all. And then you tell another girl to put something in the oven and she doesn't respond. Nobody's we're, responding. We're to concerned you. that no one's responding to the chef. So is. Here's out. Here's out. This is. Here's our theory. Theories here. Is, there's a couple. <laughs> one, he's a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's okay. a good one. Two. He is. He has split personalities, and everybody in the kitchen. You're doing all the work, actually. Everybody in the kitchen is a different um, personality. <laughs> You're seeing like, things in this movie I didn't even see. That's Brent, great. Brandon is like, I can't believe I'm doing this interview. You guys are the worst. If you could go ahead and fight for us to get some uh, some EP credits ourselves, because I think I think we're ready, man. These are good storylines. Ghosts, come on. Hallmark could use a few ghosts. Of course, of course. <laughs> no, actually, but to, uh, true, true story. The guy that plays Ryan is an actual chef. Wow. wow. Yeah, he was like a Red Seal chef in real life. Well, he, he knows really better good. than that. So I, got, I got, he helped me with the onion shopping and some other things, which uh, the all onion shopping, uh, there's a lot of stuff that I played with, but with the eyes and I mean, that was all improv. Um, That's you know, great. Whenever I cut in, you know, whenever I cut onions, my eyes just go weepy. Yeah. So I thought, and now nothing was happening. I thought I would play to that and Tia went with it. And the guy that was on the other side, you know, a lot of these extras can't speak because then you're down a thousand bucks. I mean, I don't know exactly what the number is, but we, so they can't speak. And I just, <clears throat> and Peter and I were like, listen, man, you're in a kitchen, run, run it, talk to these people. Who cares? I mean, if they can nod, they know, maybe they know not to speak to you. Maybe they're oh. worried about you. I don't know. So, it, it, but I understand what you're saying. I'd be like, Brian, what's going on? He's going, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Same. He's more of a chef than me, but, but, uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I love it. That's great. 
I love it. Uh, give me some insight into Lucas, because this guy is simultaneously an engineer and kind of a doofus. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, why wouldn't you fire him? Is there something really like, does he have some dirt on Ooh. one of the family well, I members? Think, I think he's got dirt on Roland. Does he have dirt, dirt on Roland? I mean, that's the only yeah. reason you're keeping this he guy, right? The boat and he kept well, I, I actually don't. I mean, when I remember when I remember reading the, the latest draft, which I think was our production draft to go and film. And I remember they he did that big mistake, which is obviously huge. And he, he stayed on. I thought. Oh, no. Everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know about your world, but when I was growing up as a struggling actor waiting tables, if I screwed up, I was fired. Yeah, I like, yeah. and know, he lied. Drinks, you're fired. But it, yeah, you I just... think Roland, Roland had some kind of, you know, maybe it's his like 15th cousin removed or something. And he feels obligated. But yeah, yeah. he kept him on and. Yeah, not hey, not it's, only it's is movie. he not only is he bad, he lied to get the job. Job, yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. and then he just takes it. What, what reverse cheese like, sandwich? Hey, we hired this chef, Jake. He just served us rat poison. Uh, uh, we're, we're gonna give him another shot. Believe in second chances. <laughs> I mean, I think I'm gonna tell people in the in the in the, in the uh, read throughs or whenever we have a production meeting. Listen. We gotta tighten up this script because there's three guys <laughs> gonna eat this thing alive. <laughs> if there's even a chance I'm a ghost, they're gonna call it out. Everyone has to respond to me. <laughs> They'll be like, it's kind of like a ghost character. I think we should take it out. No, keep it. Okay. <laughs> they're gonna, they're love, gonna love it. They, they love, love it in South Carolina, man. Oh my goodness. All right, uh, tell us some about uh, what's coming up with the crossword mysteries. Um, specifically, I want to know this if you can spoil this for me. Are both of the following two movies going to be based upon crossword clues again? Like, is it still that bit? Um, no. Okay. Um, the crossword is still obviously a very vital, important part of the story, but I think it's become a little. It's still there. Yeah. Um, and there's still there's and you know ta uh, Tess is still utilizing that skill, but I think she's evolved. Um, you know, because we need her around in the cases, her character. So it's almost like a heart to heart team. And in the end, like movie 15, movie 30, whatever, we're going to be like together just solving crimes because she's such a brilliant decoder. Right. Yeah. So there's almost like she's a forensic uh, decoding scientist, which they, I can't remember the term they have. But they have people that come in and decode, you know, whether it's numbers or anything that's on the crime scene that can tell you something about the case. And she's brilliant at that, obviously. And, and Logan is not so. There's been a lot of, in two and three, there's a lot of those two cases where she's very, very helpful with that. Crosswords are still there, not not I mean, not just even subtextually. They're there as a big a plot point, but it's all used on a deeper level with, through decoding. And I, I, I've seen a rough cut of two, and uh, it, it, I really believe, and I'm not saying this, you know me, I'm pretty humble with it. I don't speak much about what I've done, but I'm really, really proud of of the directors and the writers and, the, and everybody involved, the network, all of us collaborating and making two and three. They're amazing. Which one, if you had to choose one though, two or three, I think right now, uh, movie 15 would be probably yeah, my, that's right. yeah. well, we had... by then we'll probably get it. No, I, I'm <laughs> honestly, I, we just finished three last week. I mean, um, number two is about, is dealing with the world of, you know, in, in being engaged and proposing and, and it's, a, it's got a real heartness to it. It's really great. And it's a lot of fun. And Lacey and I have some really, really great scenes and, and in the precinct and all day throughout the movie. And it's really a lot of fun. The other one is about magic. And I just think that the multi-layers of this, of number three, even the way Jonathan directed it, he has lots of wipes and different things where you're in a scene, the camera will come through, and then you're in another scene like a magic Oh, trip. yeah. Oh, that's fun. It's really, really inventive. It's got a lot of layers. It's not always on the nose of, okay, there's a bad guy. Let's find him. Both yeah. these two movies are very, very, like the crossword puzzles, very, very deep and 
gotta have your thinking caps on. But I'm, I think I don't have an, I don't have one I like better. I haven't seen obviously three, but I think that they're both extremely different. We want all each one of our movies to be I, their own if, movie. I think, if you had to choose between the Prestige and and three, which which one would you <laughs> which one would you pick? Did you say Prestige? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take Prestige. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I love is Brendan Elliott should teach a class to all the actors on how to answer unanswerable questions. <laughs> Where I'm like, hey, Brendan, which one of the two movies you filmed that no one's seen yet do you like better? <laughs> if he says one, nobody's going to watch the other one. And he just nails, he just crushes it. He just nails. You should be. Tell us something about Lacey that we all don't that's know right. that you literally that, can't that's right. stand. Yeah. Yeah. Which one, of the, which one of the all of my heart? Heart movies, would you chuck in the trash? <laughs> uh, number two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let me. Let, uh, wh- do we know when it comes out? It comes out. Did they come out in October? Uh, I think we're coming out. Uh, Proposing Murder comes out, which is number two, comes out October 13th, and then October 20th is Abracadabra. Okay. It's a back to back. Oh, wow. So we get a double feature in October. Oh, boy. And you're doing a little pre show, aren't you? Or did you already do that? We just did our, our Crosswords and Friends show aired last week. Uh, which was fantastic. It turned out great. Barbara Niven was on, and we talked about all the shows from, you know, uh, Roar Tigar and the Mystery 101. I mean, we just kind of promoted them all, and obviously ours at the top was promoted. And, and we were supposed to do three more, which would have been the fourth one, which was all about the magic show. Uh, not a magic show, sorry. Um, um, like, I guess, kind of like Jeopardy, you know, one okay. of those types mm-hmm. of quiz shows. show, gotcha. A quiz show, yeah, and somebody passed, you know, gets yeah. killed, and it's... But I, what I'm liking about what we're doing is every episode is its own show, and you really got to think because there's a lot of, you know, a lot of red herrings, a lot of things. I mean, there's a little bit element of clue in mm. Abracadabra. Love it. I'm uh, I'm ready for Abracadabra. No, I'm, Abracadabra I'm, is really fun, and we're taking more liberties with, you know, we have obviously everything is within the brand, but we're also not taking liberties. We're kind of stretching certain things with certain shots, or like he's got some cool shots down the gun barrel. Like everything is magician and very magic orientated the way the director filmed it, which was fantastic. <clears throat> and I thought the script was I, one of our tightest. Cool. cool. So I, I've got an idea and I, you pitch it to Hallmark, but we have yeah. a crossover with some of these mystery, like mystery 101 and crossword mysteries to crossword mysteries. 101. You and Palaha, Wagner and Lacey Chabert. It's a crossword mystery murder that happens in the classroom. I, I think it. I think it'd be bonkers if we had all that going on at once. <laughs> that would be pretty bonkers. Like they just instead of fifteen days, they shoot it in twenty five. They pay everybody their normal salary, but it's I like an event. First, I got. I got the very first scene. I got the first scene. Dude, I look at Palaha. He looks at me, and I go, "You want to take this one?" Yes. Oh, Dude, I got chills. Right I now. just got chills. Hallmark, you know and he's, you're and listening. He's like, no, you take it. <laughs> Dude, Hallmark, you know you're listening. The, what <laughs> do we want more than a Palaha <laughs> Elliott mystery crossover? I can't think of a single thing. Come on, right now. The smolder would be strong. The smolder would be off the charts. Uh, we would have unwatchable. It would be it would, un- be, it would be a smolder off. <laughs> There would be, we got who's got the more smolder. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> it's literally yeah. just you two standing there outside for two every hours. Scene, like, every <laughs> scene is the two girls solving it, and we're in the back like this, like just trying to. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are both giving your best blue steel, and Wagner and Chabert are solving the case. I love it. Come on, man. That's good. That's good. I mean, You're welcome, Hallmark. Yes. You're oh, welcome. Man. Bill Abbott listens to every episode. Bill, we know. Listen. 
Dude, get it Phil's together. I just found my second career. <laughs> <laughs> um, Fantastic. B- before we get to our, our last little our last little bit, we we gotta ask, we gotta talk yeah. about um, Mariah Carey and a Christmas melody because <laughs> now before we interviewed her the first time, we hadn't seen it. Yeah, we had not. None of us. Oh, had you s- guys hadn't seen that. No, no we yeah, hadn't. So we watched it in July. And I texted Talk you. Talk about ghosts. Yeah. I, yeah. T- <laughs> I texted you about Mariah Carey in July while you're filming your movie. And you're probably just like, why is this? Why? And you were nice <laughs> enough to text back. You were somehow. very nice. You were very kind. Um, but we got to talk about it because the big arguments. I is, believe that yeah. Mariah Carey did not direct the movie. Now, I know she gets directing credit, Brennan. And I know that you have to say that she directed the movie. And I know <laughs> you do. I know you do. But, but just stay with me on this. Like, her scenes were all shot on a green screen. Like, most of the time, she's shooting separately. And I yeah. just, I, I, I had a hard time grasping her really having the directorial vision of the film. I, I mean, and my theory is she was a director. She was a very, uh, but she was a very, like, intentional. She never wanted to be. Stop giving um, him a good answer. In front of the camera. Um, while 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 the scenes were going on, and so she mm. would be behind the camera giving direction while while Lacey and you were doing uh, well, conversations and stuff with her, and then after everybody goes home, she's like, you know what? Now that I am able to just go out there, no pressure. And, I'm going to go out there and do it. Here's and the last thing before you answer this question. <laughs> like two in the morning. This is yeah. a real Sophie's choice, and so I, I I'm, I'm you know I'm happy to hear you answer. But before you do, the reason that I feel really confident in this is the first time we interviewed you, you said we're working on Christmas Melody. We're all on our marks. Mariah's not there. We were yeah. waiting for hours on Mariah to get there. It was a full entourage. You said she was super nice, super sweet, wonderful to work yeah. with. But you guys were all like, and your director was like, all right, you want to block the scenes? And we're like, what's going on? Mariah's not here. Oh, yeah, our, so, our, our executive producer. That's right. Yeah. So how in the world is she directing the movie if you're waiting on her and okay. you're blocking well, a scene? On the first couple of days, I think she had in her contract she would be a little late because I, I think she was doing an album with Justin Bieber. So mm. uh, aren't we all? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, you know, and I'm like this. So, no, um, <laughs> but no, she would come in. Um, I think the, yeah, the very first day we had to establish, and I remember Jonathan Axelrod, who was our EP at the time, came in, and he's not a director. He's, an, he's, he's just a, he's a producer. And mm-hmm. so he's. Who was directing he's, the movie? He's, he's yeah, just dealing you. with what he's dealing. Yeah, he did all the garage sales and everything else, and wonderful guy. And he goes, um, and we're all standing there. And I just remember going, this is one of my second Hallmark movies. So I was kind of just in the background going, just tell me where to go and I'll just do it. Cause, um, you know, and, um, he comes out and he goes, well, we should probably direct this. And I was looking at Lacey thinking, we'll block this out. We'll direct it. Just put the camera somewhere. And I thought, well, not yet. I won't say that yet. Cause it's not really, you know, Lacey's done about 20 and I'm on my second. I'll just keep back here. Yeah. And, and Jonathan actually goes, well, uh, we should block. Have we established this chair? <laughs> and the whole crew, the whole crew just stood there and went, yeah, yeah, I think we did. I think <laughs> yeah. we established it. Yeah. yeah. So we ended up blocking it ourselves, and she showed up, I don't know, at noon or something with her entourage. And look, this is not a, a, a slam again. I mean, look, Mariah is, is adorable and sweet and amazing. But when you're the biggest musical icon on earth still living, um, you know, I mean, she's a huge star. And, and, and she's been doing that for 30 years. So I think she's in her world, and there's so many things going on that, you know, taking three weeks out of your schedule to go and direct a movie might be a little tough. And I think that... Maybe at the time she was like, "Wow, I, th- I got to be here all day." Yeah. No. <laughs> no, but she and then she was there, and when she was there, it wasn't, 
you know, she'd never directed before. She'd done some videos, but this was her first time directing. She was wonderful. She was engaged in the scene. She would give us notes. She would try things. Um, so I had uh, nothing negative to say about uh, her directing. It was just the first couple of days. I think that, you know, and, and Jonathan said, you know, contractually with the first couple of days, she might be a bit late because she's doing. So she'd fly in on her private jet with her entourage after doing music with Justin Bieber. And then she'd show up in a diner and I'm sitting there in like some snowman outfit or whatever. And she's like, all right, so what are we doing today? You know, like, <laughs> but well, I, I say this. Once with, we got I, into yeah. it, she was great. I say this with love. That movie was clearly not executive produced by, by Brendan Elliott. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and you can go back and listen to that podcast if you want, Brennan, and you will find that we have very oh, kind. Nice. That was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> We, you will find uh, we have kind things to say about you in that podcast. Oh, yes. Um, but yeah. if you listen to the podcast, uh, just listen quietly because uh, the rest of it's kind of a savage podcast. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> I, I would expect nothing less. That's uh, true. Yeah, sure. For sure. We rapid fire? We'll rapid fire. We'll end with rapid fire. We each get to ask you three questions uh, and you got to answer them uh, honestly and quickly. Um, and sure. I'll start with you, Panda. Last book you read? Last book I read? Um, I read... Uh, Intimate Memoirs of Marlon Brando. Ooh. Wow. Man, I almost kind of, uh, A mixed book of his notes to his mom, bedtime stories, ideas on life. It's not really a book about kind of his process or acting in any way. It's the way he sees life and how he um, – it's, it's, it's crazy. Crazy read. But it's, it's pretty intimate and uh, it was pretty fascinating. Mm -hmm. If you could win the Stanley Cup or win an Oscar, which would you choose? Oscar probably when I was a kid Stanley Cup for yeah sure. I know you're a big hockey guy um yeah the 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 newest band that you're listening to that you're really really digging newest band I did a lot of I use a lot of music in my work too when I was doing um Detective Logan I was listening to Sirius XM's like Aussie Boneyard and Octane <laughs> yeah. and these kinds of like masculine tough and I can't remember the name of the band like Slipknot I don't know what the name of the band is but me and the guy that was driving me, who's an ex-cop, who who's retired, this guy, Barry, we just jammed. Oh, no. That's right. I hadn't heard them in a long time, and they had some old Iron Maiden. Okay. And I was in this car, and he was like, Iron Maiden? He goes, the Maiden? I'm like, what? And I hadn't. It's been so long since I heard them. I was like, oh, my God. And it was uh, Run to the Hills. And I was like, we're just like doing this in the car. I love it. Going to set, and I'm like, these guys are amazing. And it's been so long. But, I mean, I you know. I like the old 80s rock and some of the 70s stuff. That's kind of my time where I got it. I mean, yeah. the singer-songwriters and and yeah. So my son's into Journey now, so I'm listening to a lot yeah. of Journey. Yeah, that's what that. I'm talking about. Steve Perry Journey. Steve oh, Perry's the, the only Journey. Oh, the, yeah. Yeah. The, the one that's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> I know the Filipino guy's doing his thing, but let's not get it twisted. He sounds great, but he's <laughs> not, sounds great. He's it's not, not the, It's not Journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, his sounds amazing. Yeah. <clears throat> so so uh, Dream Car. My Dream Car? Yeah. Probably a spider Bentley. Okay. Or a shadow Bentley, whatever yeah. they're called. Yeah. Um, I saw James Franco driving one. We had a, the same manager one year, and I remember pulling up. I don't know, maybe I was on a bike, but he pulled up in his <laughs> shadow spider car or whatever, and I was like, look at this guy, like getting in this. Wow. What? That's James Franco. Yeah, <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> um, it was a very cool car. Very cool car. What's the most expensive drink you've ever ordered or had the privilege to drink? Um, that one's easy. I was in Mexico on a trip. I was doing a show called Unreal on Lifetime and yep. we had a two week Seen vacation. It. Two week vacation. And I said and I hadn't been eating and I'd been really kind of gaunt and I thought, I'm just gonna go and I'm just gonna not count cal I'm just gonna go have some fun with my wife and my kids. And I mean obviously I did. 
But I remember I went into, they had a tequila bar, and I'm not a big tequila guy, but I went in, it was like one of those all-inclusive hotels, and it was, I don't know, and I went in there, and it was pouring rain, and so nobody was around, and I thought, well, I'm going to go into the dungeons of this little place and see what's in here. And they had all the tequila, like any tequila you want, and all of it is stuff that would never, you'd never find in the States. You can't, it's, they don't have like a free embargo, where they can bring it over. And there was this huge blue tube, Uh like this, like a big elephant tusk, and it was a, a tequila... I was um, Añejo, Añejo Blue or something, and it was $200 a shot. Oh. <laughs> and it came out like blue bubble gum, and it had a little bit of that bubble gum. And I just said, I have to try this. Yeah, you do. <laughs> and, and then was proceeded to be chastised by my wife after, but I had to try it. <laughs> and I remember trying it, waiting for, I don't know, maybe Mariah Carey would show up, or I'd feel <laughs> something really beautiful. <laughs> I'd, uh, <laughs> I could have said no to maybe a certain... Movie or two in my life. Yeah. <laughs> now, Brennan, here's how you're gonna drink this tequila. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and the guy goes to me, goes, "No, amigo, amigo, no, 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 don't need no lemon, man." And I'm like, "Really?" He goes, "Oh no, straight up, amigo, come on, big chest, big chest." <laughs> <laughs> and I took it, and it was like, it was literally, honestly, like liquefied bubble gum. Wow, oh, unreal for two hundred bucks. And I a had shot. that, and then I gave him two hundred dollars and went and cried. But it was. Um, <laughs> That was worth our entire interview yep, right there. Great. That was fantastic. <laughs> love them. Yeah. Um, hey, man, keep it real. That's yeah. I love it. I love it. Hey, what's the closest you've ever been to death? <laughs> um, on the boat, doing all summer long. Yeah, yeah, um, you were. Ended up in the hospital. No, the closest to actually, <clears throat> I mean, that was scary because I mean, I'd never been dehydrated before, and I guess the doctor told Beth, who showed up at the hospital, and I was there for oh, eight hours or something, said. He um his platelets were unreadable. He needs eight hours of IV fluids. Wow. Whoa. Um, and so, but that was probably the close. I wasn't close to death at all. I was fine. Um, closest to death. Oh, I'll tell you a story. I uh, have you guys ever been to Costa Rica? Yeah, I've yeah. been. I have. Yeah. Okay, you know those uh, asphalt um, water slides that are made out of like mm-hmm. yeah. Um, what is it like the ash from the volcano? Yeah, the volcanoes. Yeah. Well, there's a huge slide that they've actually recently closed down because someone died on it. Uh huh. But they put you through it, and they got these rubber tubes, and you're on the top of the slide, and it goes down the hill. It's like a mile and a half long, and you're doing about 180 miles an hour. Nice. <laughs> you're doing. You're like this when you turn around. There's all trees along, and you're like up, like you're vertical, six feet, like on a half pipe. And I remember um, they take pictures of you, and there's a picture of me, and I have it. I don't know where it is now, but I do have it of me. I, I've made air. I was about three feet off the slide, mm-hmm. and I'm going like this, and the picture takes of me right around this corner, and you, I'm seeing death. Oh, my oh, goodness. Wow. I thought, this is it. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to make it. And I remember going off that, and just tears, just like. Dude. We're never doing that again. <laughs> Dude, you got to find that picture. Man, I, I want that picture. Find it. it's, down, it, it's somewhere. But you that send was it to us. We'll put it on the socials, man. We need the we need the traction. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> we need the traction. <laughs> My Costa Rican moment. That's yeah. right. Uh, we fly out to see you, and you have a day to take us wherever. Not any of the touristy stuff. Where are you taking us on our big day together? It does, it, does it matter what city? It doesn't matter. It's your day with us, man. <laughs> <laughs> you you get the privilege of having a day with us. Well, none of us would probably end up leaving the bar, probably. Right? That's right. Yeah, if we got two hundred dollar tequila. Oh man. Kidding. <laughs> yeah. um, I probably I don't know where I was. Um, 
I'd probably take you guys up to my cabin up in Big Bear. Oh, oh yeah, sign me Big up. Big Bear. Yeah, and they have a. We have. I mean, one of these days I'll show you the view. And then they have a little Aspen Village down there in, in Lake Arrowhead. I mean, it's really spectacular. Yeah. So well, yeah. I'm glad you, you planned it, the day yeah. for us. This is really fun. You this heard is... it. So we'll put it on the calendar late uh, September next week. That's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> Brennan invited us to his Tuesday? cabin. <laughs> what are you doing tomorrow? Tuesday? Yeah, Big Bear. <laughs> um, all right, Brennan. What's the? You're in Los Angeles, correct? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. What is the most overrated place to eat in Los Angeles at any price point? Like you just, people rave about it and you're like, nah, this isn't good. It wasn't worth my time. Um, overrated. Yeah. Like I went, I've been out to Los Angeles a bunch. I think in and out yeah. burger is overrated. Like I I'm not an in and out. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a big in and out fan. Yeah. Is I used it, to be a big, I used to be a big Carl's jr. Fan. Yeah. We but, got Hardee's, which is the same thing, but, same um, thing, yeah. uh, but yeah. like Where? just you, somewhere that like is an LA type place that you think, man, I just, this is not what it's cracked up to be. Anything stick out to you? We just went, well, we, we live in like the old town Pasadena, Eagle Rock area. And there's a new breakfast joint that just opened up. I think it's called the Barrio. And, um, so we walked into that place and it's really kind of a, a little cheeky little joint, really nice and the nice pastries and there's eggs and bacon and, and it just a lineup. And I remember I was starving. It was yeah. like I don't know, 10 in the morning and I'm sitting there and you're in line, and you're in line. I'm like, what is this? Like, this is this is like a cafeteria. Like, what am I in line here for? Like this. And I was just getting really, really yeah, busy. Yeah. And I'm with my wife. My wife's like, just calm down, Big Bear. You'll eat. Don't worry. <laughs> and we're just having this moment. Big and bear. then she's getting hungry. Yeah, and, and we're not moving. Yeah. And my wife angry makes me look like I'm in kindergarten school. <laughs> just walks right to the front, and she goes, I don't want to lose weight in line. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! And we finally got up there. Anyway, I, I ordered a couple eggs and some bacon, and she had some I don't know some pastry thing, whatever. And it was so much. It cost so much. We finally got it, and it was like I go these two eggs scrambled. They go yeah. It was literally like a little morsel here, a little morsel here, and I thought this is way overrated. And everybody everybody was bragging about it yeah. in our neighborhood for like well, months. And the other thing is, at that point, there's no way the food's going to be good enough once you've waited that long. Like oh yeah, you're hungry. I feel like there's a ceiling like, for breakfast food. Yeah, I'm I waited for this. Food. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Man. Last question. Um, yeah. So you're, you're a big deal now. You're getting EP credits and stuff. Be honest. What do we got to do to be in a Hallmark movie with just Brennan an, Elliott? Just an extra. Just us. Something. Out. Oh, I'll just, I'll just have to, when we get our next project, write a scene. We, we, we write scenes for Will Shorts. I mean, The, the, the night on. before, he just comes in. <coughs> he has one line on crossword and he leaves. I think we should maybe do a little cameo with I mean, the boys. Come on. See, he Brennan, gets it. He gets just, it. Just I mean, do it. Don't I mean, forget your friends. And you've been, and I Brennan, think that would be, a, I think that'd be great. I think the fans would love it too. I mean, having, having that's you right. guys on there. And, yeah. Brennan, you, and you know what we should do? It'd be like a coffee scene or like a bar. I don't know, be something. And you guys are all at the table and I walk in or one of my co-stars walk in and you all have three different reactions to her. As oh the yeah. <laughs> one guy's like, yeah. Or one maybe you're like, guys like, no way. <laughs> in your last movie, like you're serving food and Brandon loves it. And you're like, it's all right. It's right. This good. I like it. It's terrible. Uh, well, here's the thing. Brandon, this is the second time you've been on our show. After four times on the show, you get an EP credit for the show. That's true. Show. And it's a big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a I'll lot of... I'll call my manager go, get me on their show as, as soon as possible. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, I, my I resume have... needs a lift. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have an idea. It's the mystery one-on-one crossword puzzle mystery uh, a mashup. It's you. It's Palaha. <laughs> Just for two hours staring at each other. And at the very end, we just walk up and we're just like, what's the big deal? What's the big deal with these boys? I mean, look, look at us. Look, no, at, you look guys, at us. You guys should walk by us after two hours of staring at each other and go, 
you guys going to work? Or what? <laughs> this was, I this love it. it. This is the, yeah, dude, we cannot thank you enough for being on the show. Just so generous with your time as always. Hey, man. Such it's a always great fun guy. coming on your guys' show. Yeah. I love Appreciate it. Appreciate you guys taking the time to, you know, you guys got so many movies to watch. It's a, uh, you know, you're not one of these people that just wants to talk about a show that hasn't watched it. You guys actually put in the effort too, so I appreciate so it. So we do it. Yeah, um, man. Thanks and, so much. And may man. we be the first to wish you Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Yes, Merry Christmas. <laughs>